I yield three minutes to the gentleman from Vermont. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Boy, do I wish we had more time. Just a few points. Yesterday's Washington Post, the cost of health care. Here's the chart. United States, highest in the world. Everybody understands that health care in the United States per capita is far higher than in Canada, despite the fact that they have universal coverage, comprehensive coverage for all of their people. You keep using the word taxes, taxes. Let's not fool the people. In Canada, taxes are a little bit higher. But guess what? They don't have to pay $2,500 per person for private health insurance. That comes out of their tax base. Sixty years ago, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, as President of the United States, fought for national health care for all people. In 1948, Harry Truman campaigned for national health care for all people. How has it happened that the U.S. today, along with South Africa, remains the only industrialized nation on earth that does not have a national health care system guaranteeing health care to all people? Australia from the palatial yet not overly ostentatious Bill Show Studios. It's time for the Bill Show Politics this week. And now, here are your hosts, Bill and Randy. Hello, Randy. Hello, Willie. From Hello. the... Uh, the non-palatial and non-ostentatious uh, Castlemaine Man Cave. Yeah, and I am uh, Bill, and I'm calling from the uh, wonderful, beautiful, uh, delightful, yet not really ostentatious Bill Show Studios, high above our Martin Lair. And ladies and gentlemen, this is show 269 of The Incredible Bill Show. How are you? It is, I'm fine, and how's the listener? And Listener, how are you going? Everything okay? <laughs> Val from Glens Falls. How's Val? Val, how you going, man? How she you just going? had a birthday. Her birthday was uh, two days oh, ago. Oh, Val had a birthday. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, could I have the uh, trumpets, please? Yes, Val from Glen Falls just had a birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. And she's tw- talking about grandchildren, which makes you and I look like really Oh, dumb. she can't do that. She's only 28. Yeah, I was going to say, she's not old enough to be a grandmother. I think she's faking it. She's a, she's our number one fan. Yeah. She's she's not Kathy Bates. She's a lovely no, lady. I'm, <laughs> oh my ankles! Oh oh! <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for Val. I'm waiting for Val to send us the send us the uh, message on Facebook that says, "I've always loved you." <laughs> you, know, you know, in the, in the actual book, uh, she chops his legs off. Yeah, I know. He does. He chops his legs off. We're talking about uh, yeah. the. Uh, Making unfavorable comments Mis- misery, about one misery. of our few supporters. <laughs> yeah, misery. We love Isn't you, that, Val. Yeah, we love you, Val. And Rand, her husband's name's Randy. Yeah, that's true. Hey, yeah. listen, I uh, in the opening, I just wanted to mention I did put Bernie Sanders there. By the way, I wonder uh, who that was. He was. I didn't. Was, I, I didn't mean <laughs> to do that. I didn't mean to do that. He just he just came wandering through my studio. He just he says us on repeat. Somehow he got ba- past uh, Pastor James David Manning. He yeah, that's right. He got past Bernie. Come here. What are you doing? Get away! Yeah, I got Bernie. something to say. 
<laughs> it's about health care. Shut up. Sit yeah. down. Bill, yeah. Bill, Bernie's here again. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I just wanted to say something, by the way. You know that I love Bernie Sanders. I really uh, love so Bernie Sanders. And, and, you know, and what could have been, what could have been, and uh, when you listen to when you listen to that speech from 1993, was it? That's from 1993. Yeah, when you listen, it could to that be from speech, yesterday. <laughs> well, the voice is there. He's a, he's a mensch. Yeah. He's a mensch. Yeah, he's a mensch. So, uh, hey, uh, a- where was Bernie Sanders recently? I can tell you where he was. Uh, Bernie Sanders, uh, the 79 year old guy uh, who. Uh, ended up not being the nominee of the Democratic Party. He has not, uh, you know, run away and done kind of events where he charges $300 a pop to listen to them expound on international relations. Like, no. you know who. Uh, no. It who, wasn't. Hillary? Bernie, Bernie yeah. Sanders is reportedly set to travel, the 79-year-old guy, this week to meet with Amazon workers to attempt to unionize. Uh, reporters of the Washington Post, CNN, and The Intercept said on Wednesday the Vermont Center is scheduled to make the trip to Bessemer, Alabama on Friday. Workers at the fulfillment center there have until Monday to vote on whether or not to form a union. Yes, some real normal way shit, normal yeah. race shit happening down there in Alabama. And in the same background as Norma Ray, the 1977 movie, with uh, Sally Field. Oh, uh, you really like you really like me. You really no, it's a like great me. movie. It's a great and, movie and a great acceptance speech from the uh, for the yeah. Academy Award. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm just you talking really about the like movie. Me. Marty Marty Ritt made a a, a pro union film in the 70s. Yeah. He couldn't yeah. make it today. Uh, it's going to be ironic if it was made by Amazon Studios. Uh, Rena Cummings. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll give you. A sample of what uh, uh, Bernie's uh, trying to get. Uh, this is one of the Amazon workers talking about unions. Amazon, uh, a woman named Rena Cummings has worked three 12-hour shifts every week at Amazon's New York City warehouse called JFK-8 at Staten Island since it first began operations in 2018. As a sorter on the outbound ship dock, her job is to inspect and scan a mandated rate of 1,800 Amazon packages per hour. That's 30 a minute that are sent through a chute and transported on a conveyor belt for delivery. Um... Evidently, Amazon is doing very, very well. Yet oh, she, Jeff, Jeff Bezos, richer yeah. than God, yeah. But they have to dick around with Jeff Bezos, who makes more money than fucking God. Yeah. Um, and it said, uh, delivered a petition that just asked this. The petition called on Amazon to consolidate workers two 15-minute breaks was one 30-minute one. You mean she's working at that rate and she doesn't even get a 30-minute break? What the fuck? Workers say it can take up to 15 minutes just to walk to and from the warehouse break room. This is Norma Ray. This is Norma Ray shit. Okay? Uh, Workers also calls for Amazon to provide a reliable public transport system service to the warehouse. They also called attention to reports of high injury rates at the facility there, which were found to be three times the national average for warehouses. Cummings said, there are days I say I'm just at the mercy of God. Mm. 
She said the only changes Amazon implemented after the high injury report was published was to install video monitors around the warehouse to tell workers safety is the most number one priority. <laughs> so rather than correct the problem, they chose to brainwash the employees that safety was of a concern to them. Um, <laughs> Cummings said injuries are common among her colleagues, and she often experiences close calls. A few weeks ago, a pin sticking out of her conveyor belt tore one of our work glo gloves, almost taking her hand with it. She also said some packages that drop onto our conveyor belt from the chute are either too large to be on it or improperly damaged, so the package's contents burst open on the belt, which she said recently injured one of her colleagues. When packages, especially envelopes, are liquid, burst on the conveyor belt. Cummings often has to stop the belt, clean it up, but it's still expected to hit her hourly rate of 1,800 yeah, yeah. parcels an hour. Yep. All I right. Just, uh, okay, I just read a uh, novel. No, wait a minute. I'm not done. Just give oh, me a sorry, minute. sorry, sorry, sorry. Give me a minute. I heard, I heard air. I heard air. Yeah, Nayana, but it's coming. Fuck okay. Amazon. <laughs> Ooh. Fuck Amazon, man. That's Ooh. what I'm saying. I'm Ooh. saying until these guys sort out their fucking policy with the workers, I'm not going to be buying any shit on Amazon. Fuck them. Go ahead, Brandy. I just read a novel by Australian author Good. John Birmingham, who's actually yep. a, a world-famous author. And he has an entire chapter uh, on a guy that works at a Seattle fulfillment center. Yeah. And it's just like that. The not it's it's art imitating life. Uh, mm. He gets time. He's got a tracker on. He gets timed when he goes to the toilet, and uh, you know you you have to be uh, like uh, ta tagged off to be able to go to the toilet, and so you don't get paid. And, oh, there's all kinds of shit. It just sounded well. You know I what thought, they? You is, know what they're trying fiction. to do. Yeah. They're trying to bring third world conditions into America and they yeah, are stripping right. and they are stripping you of rights that your grandfather and grandmother fought for. A 40 hour work week. Well, that's gone. Time and a half for overtime. These were yeah. it, these were things that were fought for by the union movement and slowly but surely the rich bastards that run that country have torn it away. There is no way, and there is only one guy that's speaking up to this on a consistent level, and that is Bernard Sanders. And that's why, ladies and gentlemen, we love Bernie at this podcast. Yeah. Cheers, Bernie. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, welcome to our show, guys. That only took about 11 minutes. Um, well, no, that's a, that was a stream of unconsciousness. Stream of consciousness. Welcome, guys. Uh, <laughs> I was just so moved by, you know, the fact that Bernie's still out there, man. I just, I, I love this. And he's still walking ah. the talk and talking the talk. You know, I listen to people, they sit there and they go, I, uh, why can't politicians be real? And why can't they do what they say they're going to do? And then you get one. And do they elect him? Nope. Nah. Nah, fuck that. <laughs> no, okay, I like Biden. He's not doing a bad job. Bernie's working well with him. But yeah, yeah. Bernie's the one on the picket line, guys. Bernie's the one on the picket line. And he still, okay. flies, he still flies coach. He still flies coach. That's right. What's been happening, ladies and gentlemen? Let's have a look. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. you want to hear the, hear the news theme for the past four weeks? A lot of things have been happening in Washington. Let's hear it, ladies and gentlemen, with 
the news. Ah, there's our news theme, Randy. Oh, fix it in post. Uh, the, the fix, fix it in post. The fix it in post orchestra. The fix it in post orchestra. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have an orchestra here. It's not real. <laughs> It's, I thought you gave the kids music lessons. Yeah, I gave the kids the kids in the. Uh, hey, kids, you still there? Yeah, yeah. I knew they were still there. Yes, that's the only thing they do. They just cheer, you know, and eat marshmallows. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, let's get caught up uh, with what's been going on in Georgia, ladies and gentlemen. Why are we talking about Georgia, ladies and gentlemen? Because Georgia, Randy, Georgia in the South. Okay, uh, has a, a lot of things been happening down there? It's absolutely amazing, and I wanted to share it with you. Okay, uh, mm-hmm. here it is. Uh, in recent, Randy, you there? You there? Okay, all right. Here we go. I'm here. All right. Uh, in recent state legislations in Georgia, Republicans made a bold decision to revalidate the Grand Old Party after losing both Senate seats in the 2020 election. They have vowed to review the policies of the party and seek out feedback from their voters to more carefully take into account the dissatisfaction that caused their shattering loss. It is only through intelligent and specific soul-searching that we will again fulfill the great promise of the party of Lincoln in the great state of Georgia, said a representative of the Georgia Republican Party. Nah, just bullshitting you. (laughs) That didn't happen at all. <laughs> ah, that was crap. <laughs> I did. Oh, I you fooled, fooled you. Us. You fooled us. <laughs> Instead, Republicans have passed legislation limiting the amount of hours uh, of, for voting to end at 5 p.m. when people get off work, ban Sunday voting when most black churches vote. It requires voters to submit ID information with both an absentee ballot request and the ballot itself. It limits the use of absentee ballot drop boxes, allows for unlimited challenges to a voter's qualifications, cuts the runoff election period from nine to four weeks, and significantly shortens the amount of time voters have to request an absentee ballot. It also, in several districts, all voting for residents who can't be seen in the dark and don't listen to easy listening Celine Dion records can't vote. <laughs> the, <laughs> oh, poor Celine Dion. Celine Dion, I'm throwing it a little shade. The measure was signed. She's a yeah, Canadian. The measure was signed Canadian, into law yeah. by good old Governor Brian Kemp, a Republican, on Thursday evening. And this is what he said. Uh, significant reforms to our state elections is needed. There's no doubt there were many alarming issues of how the election was handed. I mean, black people voted. We lost two elections. Hell, those problems understandably led to a crisis of confidence. My lordy. Colonel Winchester and Ashley Wilkes were so taken with the vapors that Mammy had to take them to bed to the conservatory <laughs> before we got old Uncle Tom to bring in a fruit cup before dinner. As the music swelled, the Georgia governor trotted into the distance back to Tara. <laughs> Meanwhile, in further efforts to endure, endear themselves to a population that is fast dealing with a chronic eviction, half a million dead because of a plague they mishandled on their own, have reached out once again by refusing to block debt collectors from raiding their $1,400 disaster checks. <laughs> this is real. 
Congress won't <laughs> block debt collectors from siphoning off stimulus checks anytime soon, said Senator Pat Toomey when he wasn't kinking a nun, or I don't know, <laughs> beating the shit out of an orphan. <laughs> Pat Toomey objected Thursday to quickly approving a bill that would protect people who were getting evicted from their houses from losing their disaster payments. Senator Sharon Brown, Democrat Ohio, and Ron Wyden from Democrat Oregon asked the Senate for a unanimous consent to disallow private debt collectors from taking a cut from their checks before it hit their bank accounts. If the Senate doesn't pass this bill, predatory debt collectors will continue to seize relief payments for anything from credit card payments to medical debt. What a... Oh, you're going to love it. Congress blocked debt collectors from seizing the $600 checks, uh, but not so with this. Uh, the GOP are also announcing a series of other measures in the near future that are sure to be popular with the American people. Uh, here are some of them. Uh, there, the Are There No Workhouses American Youth Motivation Act. The act provides for all children between the ages of 2 and 17 to be lowered into the dark caves of Mordor, where they will provide the great dark lord whatever he needs until they die a slow, terrible death. <laughs> yeah, I, under I understand Pat Toomey really likes that one. Uh, there is, of course, and this was uh, uh, something that I believe Ted Cruz wrote, uh, there is the Fuck Grandma Act. <laughs> Instead of Instead of oh, cutting wow. Medicare and Social Security, the Republican parties will send newly freed up ICE agents to nursing communities and smother elderly people to death with a my pillow <laughs> or switch off the power to their dialysis machine. <laughs> well, they do say that's on the last an observational note. I'm just going to talk about this for a minute. <laughs> this is actually true. This is. This is what the fucking Republicans have been up to. This is what those slimy little fuckers have been up to. And on an observational note, can I just ask, how much can the Republicans shove a dick up the ass of the American people without losing their votes? You see, the moms and dads at Trump rallies, even the pictures of the anarchists on January 6th, these idiots aren't rich. Many of them have, these supporters do not have college education would be making between fifty dollars and $60,000 a year. Meanwhile, Republicans keep blocking affordable health care, a minimum wage, and now they're even allowing American Express to get your disaster checks before you do. The money they don't even want you to get during a plague in the first place that they were against. I mean, come on, America. If you can't feel the iron rod being stuck up there where the sun doesn't shine, you collectively as a nation have the loosest assholes of any civilization alive on Earth. I mean, the muscles and nerve endings are literally dead around the American national anus. It's time to pucker up, apply medication, and start getting mad with these cocksuckers. Or at least get some lubricant because it's hard to watch from over here. Uh, yeah, especially for especially for grandma, yeah. Sorry. I don't know where I went. I think I went badly. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, thank it's you. It's like a drink of uh, this water. one struck me as well. I I by the way caught one of our uh there's a a show called The Skeptocrats. And I was uh that's uh, uh, we're on the top uh by the way, we're number number 6. On the feedspot.com top 10 
political satire podcasts uh, in America. Uh, yeah, we're still on yeah, that we list. made it to number six. We were number seven. I, I think someone wow. died. Uh, so, uh, and of course, uh, uh, on number four is the Skeptocrats, who have a national following. They have a really national following, and they were doing this. Uh, and they have sponsors. They, too. Have, they sponsors. have sponsors. I have a dog. <laughs> we're a pig. Yeah, that's all we Me have too. is a dog, and that's all we have. We have to fight that. We have to fight. Fuck it, a. I'm just. I'm like. I'm looking at. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at my. Yeah, really seriously. I can <laughs> smell the empty dog food containers downstairs. <laughs> I don't have sponsors. <laughs> I'm. I'm talking in a dark room with a bare light bulb uh, swinging pathetically above my head. You think this is studios? But anyway, I was alarmed to say that uh, you know um, uh, I'd love to interview those guys. So if you if you want to get on to a real podcast, pal, you know the Bill Show, <laughs> the Skeptocrats. The Skeptocrats. Well, no, yeah, I'd love I to meet these guys. Too. They're very funny, and they also uh, have many of the stories that I, I said I'm going to do that this week. Anyway, a big story, ladies and gentlemen. You remember Sidney Powell? Oh, dear Sidney, yeah. Oh, yeah. She was Trump's lawyer. She's the one that actually said, and this is where I haul out the tape, this is what uh, Sidney Powell said about uh, the voting after the election. Uh, here you go. Talking about some massive straight lines up in the vote tallies in the middle of the night after they've supposedly stopped counting, and that's when the Dominion operators went in and injected votes and changed the whole system. And it affects votes around the country, around the world, and all kinds of massive interests of globalist dictators, corporations, you name it. Everybody's against us except President Trump and we the people of the United States. <laughs> yes, ladies and gentlemen, Sidney Powell. Uh, now, what Sidney forgot to do is that actually when she said that thing about Dominion voting systems, uh, she she didn't kind of know that they would object to that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the lady who stood up. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. Yes, the lady who stood mm. up and told us that the 2020 election was rigged by Dominion voting systems using an algorithm they invented for, 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 for a dead South American dictator, Hugo Chavez, and funded by a world communist conspiracy, is being sued <laughs> with America's answer to Lionel Hutz a Garuti for $1.3 billion. Yay, kids, get out of here. Yay. Yeah, it's in a book of this represented a problem for the now unemployed lawyer who is now eating all her meals at a Pizza Hut drive thru. Uh, in response, <laughs> you got a dollar? <laughs> I didn't know by saying that they were incompetent and rigging a national election that I could be sued for that. Uh, in her motion to get the hundred one point, really seriously, this is what this is the thing, man. Is that we're not missing a cancer cure? If if the you know the people that support Trump are really fucking stupid, um, yeah. Uh, 
But there is one precedent, ladies and gentlemen, and this is it. Uh, in her motion to get the $1.3 billion lawsuit against her dismissed, Sidney Powell admitted that she lied about the Dominion photo machines being hacked. I just, I was bullshit. What? What? I was bullshit. And this was the grounds for motion of the dismissal after she admits she lied about a registered company doing business in the United States and accused them of espionage. This is it. This is their... Determining whether a statement is protected involves a two-step inquiry. Is the statement one which can be proven true or false? And one would reasonable people conclude that the statement is one of fact in light of the phrasing, context, and circumstances surrounding its publication. This inquiry is determined as a matter of law. Whether a particular statement constitutes fact or opinion is a question of law. Analyzed under these factors, and even assuming... Uh, argue, arguendo that each of the statements alleged in the complaint could be proven true or false, so no reasonable person would conclude that the statements were truly statements of fact. <laughs> in plain English, it's the equivalent to, hey, I'm standing on a podium with a man whose eyes are popping out of his skull and his hair is melting. I was bullshitting, and you should have figured that one out. <laughs> It literally is the same excuse that Fox's Tucker Carlson used when he was sued. Hey, you should have known that I'm a lying scumbag sack of shit. <laughs> you should have known. You go by that standard, even Norman Bates would get out. Hey, you guys should have known I had mummy issues. <laughs> this is the twisted world we're living in, really, seriously. Uh... It is the equivalent of the legal precedent of saying, and it's okay if you're like Bluto and Animal House turning to turning to another character going, hey, you fucked up. You trusted us. <laughs> in the twisted world we live in, being an obvious lying, deceitful bullshit artist is actually the legal defense for being a lying, deceitful bullshit artist. <laughs> And in the karma department, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to go forth. Uh, this is a good one, and I'd like you to share this with me. Fox News owner Rupert Murdoch is facing a second major defamation suit over the network's trumpage of the 2020 presidential campaign. Kids! Yeah! <laughs> in the latest aftershock of Donald Trump's attempt to undermine the President Biden victory, Dominion Voting Systems, again, my favorite vote counting organization <laughs> this is my favorite i love them uh an election technology company that was at the center of the baseless pro-trump conspiracy filed a lawsuit lawsuit on friday accusing fox of advancing lies that devastated uh <laughs> their business at which fox said hey you fucked up you trusted us what the fuck what the fuck um <laughs> uh, uh, not only that, the ratings over at Fox are in the toilet, evidently inciting an overthrow to the United States government, telling people to inject bleach in their arms and lying about registered companies that have lawyers was not a good strategy for Rupert. Here's what they're reporting now. I, I turned on Fox because every now and then I fucking hate my own head and I really have to hurt it. This is what they were on Fox's friends. This is what they were uh, talking about. Uh, the other morning here, uh, right here. Yeah, no, nothing, nothing like Georgia, nothing about anything important. This is what they were talking about. Here it is. 
All right, and now for something completely different. The former National Intelligence Director is revealing a new government report on UFOs will be full of never-before-seen or heard intel. Yes, folks. The guys at Fox have decided to stop talking trash about people who can sue them and get down to the what their really their 60 plus trailer bound audience are really concerned about. The aliens that anally probed <laughs> Uncle Roy and Cousin Cletus at the tractor pull in Lubbock, Texas two years ago. They'll be even more surprised. When Gothor the Destroyer from Planet Seti Alpha 6 files court documents in New Jersey for being sexually harassed by Bill O'Reilly and Roger Ailes in 1993. <laughs> sure, we landed in one anally probe O'Reilly, but he enjoyed it. And what Roger Ailes wanted to do to my Vulcan wife with a spatula was truly disgusting. From now on, we're only landing that mothership at a tractable in Lubbock, Texas. God knows what Tucker Carlson could do to us. And finally, more karma, this from CNN. Uh, uh, I have a cut here that made me very, very happy, and I want you to share it with. Uh, here it is, Randy. Uh, listen to this piece of yeah. this piece of lovely steaming karma. It was the ultimate status symbol, Donald Trump's Boeing 757. Nice to meet you. Have a good time. A regular presence on the 2016 campaign at his marquee events, there was his plane. They've never had anybody that owned a Boeing 757 before. From rallies and you know to KFC. Today, however, the massive jet sits abandoned at an upstate New York airport. One engine mostly missing, one wrapped, idle in apparent disrepair. According to records, it hasn't been flown in months. Yeah, Randy, looks like uh, looks like the plane's not working. Yeah, it's just sitting <laughs> there on the ramp. Sitting there on the ramp. Yeah. Actually, I understand the, the Trump, uh, uh, Trump plane is being uh, bought by, uh, it will be the mothership of Symbolism Airlines, a division of Literary Irony Corporation. <laughs> <laughs> It's so it pilots be. for the new airline will <laughs> pilots for the new airline will only know how to get to Brian Epstein's old mansion, and stewardesses armed with nutcrackers will be serving heaping helpings of vengeance and diet coke. <laughs> That's not funny at all. No, it's not. Uh, no, it's not. But it is ironic. Yeah, totally. It is to symbolism. Yes, it is totally. Yeah, it is. It is. And we just thought we'd leave you with, uh, you know, a nice heap. Being helping of fantastic karma and symbolism. Hey, hey, and that's all I have to say, man. Mm. That's it. Did you know? Oh, by the way. Oh, yeah. I did. You also hear that uh, Trump wandered into a wedding. The that's other what day? I was going to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you going to talk about well, it in your bit? Well, no, no, no. I, I just I looked it up because I I didn't believe it. Uh, yes, uh, he he. Um, we haven't heard from him, but he wandered into this wedding, happened to be with with um, malaria, uh, wearing a tuxedo, yeah. and um, yeah, uh, they uh, he made a speech, and uh, you'd think he would uh, wish the bride and groom uh, good luck, uh, th uh, thank you for hiring my house for your wedding reception, but no, he decided to have yeah. a go at Joe Biden. Did I? Did I? Uh, did he wear a tuxedo, or did he wander in there with his tucked-in polo shirt? No, nah, no, nah, he has Sears, a tuxedo, a black Sears tie, pants, black tie, and 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 uh, melanoma was looking uh, a million bucks. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, 
So just like, do you like grandpa? You know, I mean, it's like every wedding there lives in terror. Of like this shuffling senile fuck just grabbing the microphone. <laughs> and I remember watching it. Yeah, seriously. I want to say something. <laughs> Does anyone want to hear his song? <laughs> anyway, uh, the, the speech is on uh, YouTube if anybody wants to. Oh, it's hilarious. Uh, it's hilarious. Yeah, it's, uh, it, we're getting, if anybody we're, wants uh, to hate their own head. Uh, as we do, have a, <laughs> have a listen to this. The speech, go, yeah, Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago <laughs> wedding speech goes off the rails yeah. as if it ever was on the rails. Yeah, now, now you see, this is the thing that I love about America, and if you don't think that this is something to celebrate, this fascist idiot had his hands on the nuclear codes barely two months ago, <laughs> and now he's like, and now he's like the fucking wedding singer. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? I hey, wonder, if he's, gonna, thing is I wonder he, if he's gonna charge them extra for the personal appearance. Yeah, I don't know. He's yeah, they were, hey, it's me. Yeah, Does she love yeah, me? Yeah, I uh, you know what's really humiliating is that the Secret Service always had to look around. All the people who had to listen to his horseshit news conferences for like the last three hundred years had to look like they were interested. If you look in the background on this tape, yeah. the musicians are getting impatient. Like the musicians are going, oh fucking shut up, man! Yeah. We got to do We're this not gig. Paid to listen you know, to this you. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Even the waiters don't want to deal with them anymore. <laughs> Get Grandpa some applesauce yeah. and put him in the next room. Anyway, listen, I'm going to shut up. And, no, don't, uh, don't, you don't, got... don't, don't, don't. No, I got to. Really, seriously. Anyway, listen. What we're going to do right now is we're going to take a little break, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be a short little break. And, and we got some uh, comedy. Randy's rant. We've got some comedy. Yeah, get some comedy for us, Randy. Yes, we've got Randy, Randy comedy, Randy uh, Rainbow. Uh, yeah. And I think you'll like him. And I also, I also want to play uh, for our yeah. listener, uh, Jimmy Carr, yeah. uh, uh, the, co- the, comedian, Carr? the comedian that you hate to hate because he just, yeah. he's so rude. Talking about PC gone crazy, okay? Oh, so right. we'll, listen, we'll okay. have a listen to him. Okay, we'll discuss it when we get back. Okay. All right. So uh, we'll we'll have uh, Jimmy Carr and Randy Rainbow, some of the best political satire or comedy that we've heard this week, and we're going to give you a few bits of it. Yeah. And we'll be back with Randy's rant in just one minute. <clears throat> Could you maybe at some point just, like, curse or say something completely Looney Tunes or offensive the other guy used to do that, and it just made this whole thing a little funnier. I'm just trying to work with you here. We're live in three, two... Welcome back. I'm joined now by a man some people believe is the President of the United States, Joseph Robinette Biden. Robinette? Yes. Oh. Don't even have to write a joke about that. Um, Joe, can I call you Joe? No. Girl, we have a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. As the coronavirus continues to wreak havoc, Americans are getting restless and frustrated, if you know what I mean. One of the disappointments when we came into office is the circumstance relating to how the administration was handling COVID was even more dire than we thought. We thought they indicated there was a lot more vaccine available. And it didn't turn out to be the case. Because we're doing so much testing. Huh? Oh. <clears throat> Excuse me, I think I must have fallen a- You don't ask Biden tough questions. Ha! Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, I'm still having flashbacks. Sometimes he visits me in my dreams. 
So we're pushing as hard as we can to get more vaccine manufactured. You now say we'll have enough supply for every adult to be vaccinated by May. Does this mean I can go to Cancun for spring break with Ted Cruz and the gals? Well, I didn't say that. Mr. Biden, bring my vaccine. Keep me protected from COVID-19. Tell me the trick to how I'm a Moderna. Fix up that magic Pfizer or Moderna. Biden, give me a poke. They call you sleepy, but you're pretty woke. I'm so tired of quarantine. Mr. Biden, bring my vaccine. Please bring me change. Here's Joe Biden. Where's my vaccine? I need a rollout that's good for a queen. Grab your syringe, would make sure you're clean. And stick it in me like you're really. Ladies and gentlemen, the Robinettes. Oh, won't you stay? I'm numb. My hands. Oh, I see. Please, Mr. Biden. Yes. Bring my vaccine. I want to trick or treat when we hit Halloween. Give me that double dose and make me go out cheap. So I can plan a kiss on Dr. Fauci. as good a time as any to talk about how political correctness works in stand-up comedy because some people think it's a free-for-all you can say whatever you want on stage because of freedom of speech that is not the case there are rules and regulations that govern what i do basically how political correctness works in stand-up comedy is if you're directly affected by something or involved in something you get a free pass you're allowed to joke about that thing so for example homosexual people can joke about being gay disabled people can joke about disability black or asian people can joke about race those are the rules so these two paedophiles walk into a park. <laughs> Child abuse, there's a touchy subject. <laughs> I saw a headline in the paper, it said, please smash paedophile ring. <laughs> I thought, good, let's see how they fucking like it. <laughs> I'm in a long-term relationship. Who else here is in a long-term relationship? Give us a shout. You sound thrilled. <laughs> I've been with the same girl for eight years and we're very happy together, but how's this for mental? She still gets annoyed if I use her toothbrush. That's mental, isn't it? When you consider how intimate we've been over those eight years. And if you can tell me a better way to get dog shit out trainers... <laughs> Now, 
ladies and gentlemen, it's time to keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle at all times, because it's time once again for Randy's Rant. Hello, Randy. You've always got me going with that Who's music. Who's the stand-up you know comic you just had on? Oh, Jimmy Carr. He's a bit. He's a bit politically incorrect. That's your point, isn't it? Uh, well, yeah, because uh, PC gone mad is sort of my theme. Oh, tonight. you're going Fox News, uh, are you? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> no. <laughs> what I wanted. To, one thing I wanted to mention, though, yeah. uh, to help our help our listener, is that um, uh, vaccines uh, are a big uh, part of the. Uh, Seen right now, especially in America, as they get up into the, mm. uh, I think they just passed 100 million uh, people have been vaccinated. That's right. Um, m- my parents have all been shot. Uh, I mean, in a good in way. A good way. Uh, but a lot of people, uh, here, this is funny, I read this article, half of all rep- Republican men have now decided that they will not be vaccinated. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we don't have to worry all that much because the party of Lincoln is going to go the same way that he Why do you think they want to suppress? Why do you think the yeah, that's right. Why do you think they want to suppress the black vote in Georgia? <laughs> oh, yeah, when they're going to they're all going to die yeah. anyway. Anyway, the uh but here's something interesting that I read. People are really saying, "Oh, I got to have the Pfizer vaccine or I've got to have the Moderna." Yeah. I can't have the Austin Martin or whatever the it's called. Aston Martin? No. I can't Is remember. Is that the James Bond Aztec vaccine? <laughs> the Aztec something. Yeah. Anyway, the one one official said it doesn't matter. There, If you could have two different vaccines in your two jabs, and you'll actually have better protection because it's a broader spectrum. Yeah. So don't worry what's in the needle. Just get jabbed. You just get for goodness sake. You get jabbed, and I t- I just talked to uh, I talked to uh, Jules, my Della Street secretary, here at the Bill Show. Oh Studios. yes, Perry. Yes, tell us, Perry. Yeah, yeah, and she just had her vaccine today, and she said, "Yeah, a bit of a reaction. You know, I'm I'm in bed, feeling a bit achy, but other than that, I'm okay. You know, so yeah." My parents said the same thing. They're they're pushing ninety. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying that Della Street is ninety. No, but she's you know, not. They're, they're she's older. Not. She's a lovely lady. No, they're old. They're older, and they uh, got their vaccinations. And uh, yeah, I mean, they're they're hopefully protected now. Because yeah. they're kind of in COVID central in in Southern California. My two parents. Oh yeah. Well, well um, I'm going to say that. And push- hello, Jules. I hope you're feeling better. Both both yeah, Randy and I, I so want too, you to feel better, yeah. uh, but you're you're going to feel better because you're vaccinated. So good. And I think Va- I think Val's had her jab. As Yay, well, Val. Val from Glen Glen's Falls. Yeah. Uh, Dave now, Stanley um, over there in uh, Massachusetts. Uh, let me know when you get your uh, vaccine, dude. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I, I hopefully I'll get mine soon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, political. Uh, what I wanted to say is politically. Uh, correct, uh, gone mad, PC gone mad. I read an article, and I got this uh, clip with Trevor Noah, that uh, Dr. Seuss are taking six of their his books out of publication. Yeah. And I thought, oh, my goodness, what has caused this? But in actual fact, they were proactive 
because they realized that they were being, uh, there were some very racist things. I mean, his stuff had been written in the 40s. Yeah. Uh, some some of it was anti-Nazi, like Yertle the Turtle yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and I think uh, people didn't realize how politically powerful um, some of uh, uh, Geisel's uh, books were. Uh, so uh, Theodore Geisel is Dr. Zeus. So anyway, uh, I, I thought... I want to get to the bottom of this. So I got this clip from um, our good friend Trevor Noah yeah. uh, from uh, who took over the uh, Today Show. And uh, I'd like you to play that because I think it explains that people just have to be a bit more proactive in being politically correct on racism, on sexism, mm -hmm. on uh, feminism and uh, misogyny and uh, misandry and all of those things. Get there first. Okay, pay it for pay it forward. Don't uh, let other people start protesting. If you see a problem, deal with it. Okay. So let's have a listen to Trevor talking about Dr. Seuss. Fantastic. Here it is. Adapted to the changing times, one of your favorite authors from childhood is trying to. Breaking news, the organization that preserves the legacy of author and illustrator Dr. Seuss says it will stop publishing six titles because of racist imagery. Dr. Seuss Enterprises says the books portray people in ways that are hurtful and wrong. The six books being banned include And to Think, That I Saw It on Mulberry Street, If I Ran the Zoo, Miguel Agat's Pool, On Beyond Zebra, Scrambled Egg Super, and The Cat's Quizzer. There are some examples of racist imagery in those books. For example, there's a character that's just described as a Chinese man who eats with sticks. And the depiction of that character has a pointed hat, slanted, slit eyes. In another book, two men said to be from Africa are shown shirtless, shoeless, wearing grass skirts as they carry exotic animals. Wow, okay. So what, we're just gonna cancel Dr. Seuss books just because they're racist? Uh, then what are the racist kids gonna read, huh? You didn't think of that, did you? You know the real problem with Dr. Seuss? Is that all of his made up words sound like they could be racial slurs. I mean, a zelf on a shelf? The nubbards in the cupboards? Oh, shit, I don't know what that means, but if a white person calls me a nubbard, we're throwing down. And look, I know that this thing was blowing up and it was trending all over Twitter, but there's always gonna be people on Twitter telling you that this is the end of civilization because fanning the flames of culture wars is how they get attention. But let's be honest about what's happening here. An organization is making a decision on its own that they don't wanna be associated with their own outdated and offensive imagery. That's not being canceled. That's something that companies and organizations do all the time. Like at some point, Coca-Cola was like, hey, maybe putting cocaine in our drink is harmful to the public. Maybe we should stop doing that. Nobody called that cancel culture. And despite what everyone tells you, Everyone does this all the time, including CPAC. Yeah, the home of freedom! Just a couple of weeks ago, they canceled a speaker for his anti-Semitic views. Oh, but I guess that was just them looking out for the brand. Yeah, it only becomes cancel culture when it's something you disagree with. Yeah, I don't, I, 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 I'll tell you something, you know, that uh, he's right about, um, the shock and awe yeah. of things. You know, what I find irritating is not the fact that uh, uh, these images should be removed. They should. But, I mean, if you're going to 
you know, like try to reshoot breakfast at Tiffany's or, you know. Uh, to get rid of Mickey Rooney, yeah. Burn gone with a wind because you don't like it. Betrayal. You know, I mean, I'm sorry. Everything is in the context of the time it was made. And, yeah, those racist views were prevalent. <coughs> What's important, I think, is to do what they've done, which is to say, well, we're, we're not going to, you know, do that. Uh, but I always, it irritates me that Americans get really up in arms about shit that really doesn't matter as much as no. Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders getting, you know, bathroom breaks for guys at Amazon. Uh, <laughs> all the things that really matter. You know, uh, we have a, a news culture that just lives on just getting people shitty pissed off with everything. Well, that's not going to understand why. And that's why they have a name for it. Cancel, cancel culture is about yeah. uh, stopping things, uh, uh, causing a tsunami of shit uh, for, um, uh, you know, people that have a, uh, an issue with someone, uh, even if it's not all well, that it's also important. If yeah. It's like stand-up comics, I believe, should be able to say what they want to say. Mm-hmm. I just do. I mean, that's the na- the essence of people who are in stand-up is to say shit that's either shocking or embarrassing, you know. Um, well, that's why I played we'll, uh, Jimmy uh, Carr because he's he he is a shock a shock comic. He's a shock comic. Yeah, yeah. that's right. And you know, I it, it's kind of like you know. Uh, when you start fiddling with free speech, you know, I mean, if it is offensive, yeah, I, I think there there is a line somewhere. But I really get, uh, you know, I mean, you, you know, comics can't do mother-in-law jokes anymore they, because no, evidently that's anti-woman. You know, I mean, yeah. I laughed at Rodney Dangerfield <laughs> because because if you go back I to no classic, I get no respect. Yeah, I got no respect. You know, I guess, I, you know, all right, here's a, here's one of his jokes, okay? It's like, my my wife, my wife turned to me the other day and said, take me to somewhere I've never been before. And I said, well, how about the kitchen? That <laughs> is a joke. It's sexist. Yes, it's a joke that was made in 1967. Yeah. It is sexist. But you know something? Uh What I'd like to say is, is that in comedy, stereotypes or stereotypical characters are the essence of comedy. Going back to the, you know, Roman, I mean, the Roman times, Bill. They, yeah, it they, does. So, jokes. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you want to go look to sexist stereotypes, look at Commedia dell'arte in the 15th century. Right. That Which is, you know, which is basically all stereotypes. They aren't meant to be taken seriously. Yeah. <laughs> it's... Only when you take them seriously that you find them offensive because they're not real people. That yeah, and uh, you know there is a line there, and I I, I think that, uh, uh, but it always gets me nervous. How about you? Well, Did, yes, uh, I agree. Uh, I had a, a discussion with a, a comedian the other day, uh, Simon Palomares, and I said, uh, really, uh, and I, he says, well, I, I do the the cruise. He does cruise ship comedy. And he says, there's just some things I can't say anymore. And I said, well, maybe you should actually do a routine that is everything you can't say, and that would be even funnier, I reckon. But, uh, yes, no, comics do feel uh, uh, that they are uh, bound and they're not allowed to cross the line. I don't know if it's freedom of speech or whether it's just we've moved on, whether we're becoming more Puritan, more, more, if we're becoming more Puritan, I can understand that, or conservative. 
But we shouldn't my stop favorite, laughing at my, ourselves. My favorite comics cross lines because they're there to do two things. Uh-huh. I don't like, you know, I mean, Bill Hicks and Jim Jeffries have some pretty misogynist shit out there mm. that I don't like. But they also have some incredibly interesting shit out there. Right? Yeah. So I would feel very awkward about telling this person what to paint or this person what to sculpt or this person what to write into a script. I, what I do have is the ultimate choice of whether or not I'm going to listen to it or not. That's true. Okay. And uh, I have never been one for anyone lording over anybody else about what they can say, think. You know, if you want to think... The uh, if you want to go on an island somewhere and think that the vaccine's poison and the whole thing's a freak and you not wear your mask, if it didn't bother anybody else, I, I would say, yeah, go ahead, idiot. Fine, <laughs> fuck off. The only problem I have is that your choice endangers other people. Exactly. That's when you got to draw the line. Anyway, exactly. okay. Now, uh, talking about endangering life, um, America. Uh, Made the headlines again uh, with uh, gun massacres. Um, Colorado, uh, uh, places like... Anyway, what I was going to yeah. say was, we thought, uh, in actual fact, this is what my next clip is about, we thought yeah. uh, America had settled down. In actual fact, in 2020, um, the uh, gun deaths went up from an average of 35,000 to 41,000 deaths and really? we didn't even notice. Do you know why? Because half a million why? people were dying from COVID. So they, they didn't so make that. So 41,000 gun deaths in America. Yeah, last year. Okay, now I've got a... a have you heard of the Midas Touch? The Midas uh, yes, Touch, I have. Yeah, the Midas Touch is a political action group. Uh, they started uh, and do, doing anti-Trump ads and some of their stuff was terrific. Um, and... Uh, they really made a, a, a noise for themselves, uh, this uh, political action group. They have a spokesperson uh, who uh, uh, does this next clip. Her name is uh, Heather Gardner, and uh, she does a bit weekly call, uh, online called The Divided State of America. Now, I got right. this wonderful thing from three or four days ago by uh, Heather Gardner on Guns in America. And I'd like to play that now because guns and gun deaths and gun laws have always played a big part uh, in my life because I grew up in that place. I had my first gun when I was 12. Oh, so did I, man. Yeah. And and now I wouldn't touch one if I... Uh, oh, no. Was given money, yeah. So have a Danny play. Danny uh, I, I I remember Danny McGinnis, who is... Uh, uh, he was somebody... He's a kid I played with when yeah. I was young. And uh, he, um, when he was a child, when he was about 16 years old, wandered into the study and, uh, you know, got Dad's gun and uh, accidentally shot himself. You know, I mean... I don't think anybody, even the white or black community, black community more than the white community, but everybody's affected by gun deaths. And I find it ironic that once America stops killing itself with viruses, it goes back to just shooting each other. But the, uh, the so, irony is they never went, they never left. And that's yeah, what, that's here what it think, is. Yeah, let's listen to Heather Gardner and she'll tell it like it is from the Midas Touch. 
It's hard to believe, but we're almost to April already. COVID is receding as vaccinations continue to ramp up, and society is slowly starting to return to normal after a year-long induced coma. Meeting here in America, we can now return to our regularly scheduled programming. Deadly shootings in Atlanta, killing at least eight people. The horrific scene playing out late today in Boulder, Colorado. Another example of public health crisis of gun violence. Shut it back down, lock it back up. We finally get society moving again, and the gun massacres just came right back along with it. Except the sad truth is, we never actually did get a reprieve from mass shootings during the pandemic. It's just that our focus was elsewhere, on this crazy and contagious plague that had found its way into nearly every home in America. I'm of course referring to Tiger King. We were distracted. Events in which four or more people, excluding the shooter, were injured or killed by guns actually jumped by 47% from 2019 to 2020. And general gun violence exploded last year too. We just weren't hearing that much about it. And on one hand, I totally get it. A few people dying in a shooting wasn't going to make as many headlines when hundreds or even thousands were dying every single day from the virus. But 2020 was quietly one of the most violent years in American history, with more than 41,000 firearm-related deaths, including nearly 23,000 suicides. And just like with COVID and nearly every other American tragedy, the devastation hit communities of color the hardest. And it wasn't just the gun-related violence that surged last year either. The 2020 election, unrest in the streets, and a crippling pandemic. This trifecta of events made people worried about the future of America. And when people are worried in America, they buy guns. Well, this says a lot about us as a country, doesn't it? That the two hottest ticket items during the deadly pandemic was toilet paper and guns. Our reaction to COVID was to shit ourselves and shoot each other. America, fuck yeah. But what we did get a short break from this past year, however, was the national headline-making mass casualty events that dominate the news cycle for a few days, lead to partisan bickering over gun control for a couple weeks, then fades into the background like every other massacre before it, with zero meaningful change enacted. But again, back to our regularly scheduled programming. Of course, they wasted no time in using the murders yesterday to begin their latest attempt at disarming you. And every time there's a shooting, we play this ridiculous theater and proposes a bunch of laws that would do nothing to stop these murders. We have a lot of drunk drivers in America that kill a lot of people. But I think what many folks on my side of the aisle are saying is that the answer is not to get rid of all sober drivers. Okay, there's a lot to unpack there, starting with that last asinine argument, because every person who drives a car in this country needs training and a license before they can operate a vehicle. You can't just go pick one up at your local Walmart and start driving into other cars. And Lion Ted saying laws wouldn't prevent murders? Except we have data that says otherwise. Preventing the purchase of a firearm on behalf of someone else would have stopped Columbine and at least 49 other deaths. Mandatory background checks would have prevented Charleston and 137 other deaths. A ban on assault weapons would have prevented Sandy Hook and 372 other deaths. And perhaps the most important one, red flag laws, which prevent the sale of firearms to anyone who's made a violent or suicidal threat, would have prevented 141 shootings, 1,077 deaths, and nearly 2,000 injuries. Honestly, I wish the Republican politicians would just all start wearing t-shirts that say, we don't care if you die. At least they'd be telling the fucking truth. 
once again, like basically everything else in America, it's going to fall on the Democrats to get something done. And President Biden has made his feelings on gun reform perfectly clear. I don't need to wait another minute, let alone an hour, to take common sense steps that will save the lives in the future. He's ready. And the House is, too, having already passed a bill containing both universal background checks and an assault weapons ban. Now it goes to the Senate, which is admittedly frustrating because, God, it just seems like they can't get anything done ever. But Democrats do have unified control for the first time in a while. So if we're going to get this done, there really is no better time than right now. Goddamn right. Goddamn right. Heller Gardner, ladies and gentlemen. I agree. Yeah. Of course, I've agreed. But the thing is, is you, yeah, the Midas touch don't pull any punches. No, they, it's, they, uh, it's absolutely true. It's, a, it's absolutely true. Yeah, and, and you know, group. I mean, you can go back. We've done nine years. We did a Sandy Hook show, and it's still up yeah. on the thing. You know, I leave it up there because then there was like a whole series of other, and then it just got boring. And these, these uh, Republicans <laughs> say the same thing after every one. But... Yep. Uh, you know, it's just landed in the too hard basket. Whereas now, if you get rid of the filibuster, uh, Biden could jam it down their throats. Just mm-hmm. jam it down their throats. Get rid of the filibuster, man. Get rid of it. Really? That's right. Seriously. I don't want to hear Ted Cruz read Dr. Seuss again. No. <laughs> what he read green eggs and ham dead cruise man jesus or sam i am yeah yeah Ted cruise what a dickhead oh off to cancun he goes off to cancun yeah. cancun dead uh yeah well anything else for me us randy uh, willie uh i'm exhausted so am i uh, i've exhausted all my clips and i've exhausted all my uh Laughter, because you are just the funniest man on this planet. <laughs> you, my, yep, your check will be in the mail. <laughs> no, stop it. Stop it. Just stop. Listen, I take do this because... Com- take the compliment. I thank you, but I find myself funny. That's the only reason I do it. I I, I, yeah. I, I, I don't care. I'm amusing myself. <laughs> you know, and I... Bill, I can- if, we only did this show, if we only did this show for each other... I'd still be happy. I'd still be happy. And quite frankly, it's nice to be noticed on Feedspot's uh, list of great political satire shows. But uh, thank you. And and uh, we are going to be actually, uh, we we make no money doing this. And some of you are saying there's a reason for that. Uh, but Yeah, it's costing, It's co- people should pay us to shut up. Yeah, But they absolutely. won't even do that. They w- <laughs> Podbean sent me a bill for over $1,000. Do you believe that? A thousand, a thousand dollars. Yeah, and I'm in a position. This has been my hobby for the last nine years. Uh, if you want to help out, we're going to be uh, putting a, uh, what do you call it? Uh, I'm an old guy. Patron button. Patron button. But no, one of those new ones where you could just throw some money in. Uh, GoFundMe. Yeah, no, no, it's something like that. Patreon. Uh, something like Patreon. that. Patreon, yeah. yeah my, my son. Who's good? Who's hip with the? He's hip with all the new technology. He said, yeah, "You guys, you guys got to get a yeah. Patreon button." And he has a Patreon button, and he's he's an entertainer, and he's like swimming in cash, man. I, I, I've yeah. been doing this uh, for cat food. This is it. This is this is it. I, I'm amazed that we're on any like, top oh, ten yeah, list. And dog food, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, guys, if you like, uh, you know, 
if you like to hear more of this, uh, please, uh, we'll let you know about the Patreon button next show. Anyway, we're going to say goodbye. Bye. We'll see. You know, bye, Randy. And uh, goodbye, to, <laughs> goodbye to all our friends out there. We love you. We'll see you next time on The Bill Show. Bye, listener. Bye. 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 bye.